Welcome to the Scholarship Athlete Podcast, where parents of athletes who might be stuck in the recruiting process learn strategies needed to elevate your athlete's chances of securing an athletic scholarship to their dream school. Join us as we drop the secrets of recruiting, NIL, training, mindset, injury prevention, and leadership to give your athlete the ultimate competitive advantage. Hi, my name is Alex Molden, and I'm a former NFL player of eight years, former Nike master trainer, and now I'm an author, speaker, and personal development coach. But most importantly, I'm a father of eight. The goal of this podcast is to help parents navigate the world of youth and high school sports to potentially get college paid for, but also use the platform that sports provide. If you're struggling to create a game plan for your child's athletic journey, don't hesitate to book a discovery call. Together, we can devise a plan that will help your child reach their full potential. So welcome to the Scholarship Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Molden. And, you know, from time to time, I like to bring on guests who can shine a light, shine a light on what it looks like to be recruited in the collegiate space, no matter what sport. And today we're very blessed to have a athlete who plays at Cal. Her name is Sophie Scott, plays volleyball, and she's from the Portland area. And yeah, I just, I, I really want to, cause I don't know a whole bunch about, um, about volleyball. My daughters, they didn't, all three of them, they never played volleyball, but I know there's um, some information. There's some people out there that would love to, to kind of sit down with you over a cup of coffee and really get to know, like, what do I, what do I need to do to get my, my daughter a scholarship? So anyway, I have Sophie Scott on. Welcome to the Scholarship Athlete Podcast, Sophie. Hi, thank you. I'm very excited. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's just jump right in. Um, what does it? What are some of the things that parents and athletes? What are the misconceptions when it comes to trying to get a scholarship at the Division One level? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time, what I've run into with uh, talking to other volleyball players about getting recruited is a lot of the time people think like coaches can come to you and you know it's not like you have to like always go out there and do your thing and like show off your skills and do all these extra steps but really what my experience was is it's not like football it's not like other sports where you will get like noticed in high school if you're not doing much it's more like you got to be really proactive with it and that's something that I really emphasize and my parents really helped me I was very grateful for them because they were a big part of my process um but you really have to like put in the extra steps and do the extra work because like you can be really, really good. And occasionally you can get noticed if you're a top player, but a lot of the time you've got to put in the extra work in order to have coaches see you and, you know, put yourself out there. So putting in the work is like really important. Like for me, I made my own highlight reels. I always reach out to coaches like every day, every Sunday, I would sit down for a few hours with my parents and like, really do a deep dive into like what I was looking for in a school as well as like who I wanted to reach out to when I would go on like travel tournaments for club. Like I would always be like, I'll be playing at this court at these times, like, please come watch me. Um, And so just being really proactive with that. And it it goes as much as like volleyball and like your sport is such like a physical aspect. You put in so much work physically, you got to do a lot off the court in order to get like seen and like recognized by these coaches. So. Mm. So being proactive. So what I hear is like you were contacting these coaches and mm-hmm. whenever you were at a tournament or um, 
one of the showcase events is you emailed the coaches or a coach Mm -hmm. coaches and let them know like your schedule, who you're playing, what, what your number is. Yeah. Yeah. I was really every, every weekend, every time, because club volleyball, there's a lot of travel tournaments. That's the main things that we do. And um, the big part of it is like there's local tournaments, but then there's travel tournaments. And those are the ones that the coaches really come to. So every time I'd go to travel tournament every day, I would send out my schedule, send out my court, send out my number. Um, and even at the end of the tournament, I would, whether they were there or not, if they saw me play live or if they didn't, like I would always compile the whole tournament film and I would make a big, long highlight reel of just everything that went well. And, you know, even some of the stuff that like for my position that I wouldn't normally do, I threw it in there at the end just to like show some versatility and stuff. So just being really proactive with the emailing was very, very important. Love that. How long yeah. was your high, how long was your highlight tape? Because, you know, from the from the football lens and more more coaches that I know they're they're play or they coach football. And so they say, hey, Alex, it can't be longer than three minutes because right. we have a limited amount of time. It needs to be three minutes. You need to um, all your best stuff need to be front loaded, but show mm-hmm. diversity. All the stuff you were just talking about show different um, diversity in your athleticism. How long or what does that highlight tape look like in terms of like, yeah, length? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, it kind of varied. So with volleyball, there's a lot of different skills for each position. So I'm a middle. So I hit, I block are the main things. And then sometimes I'll throw in a set, like where I'm like doing an assist or something. So I would always put the main stuff at the very beginning that I do the, or at least the things that are really emphasized by middles. So, and I'd label it. So it could range anywhere from like five minutes to 10, but I would try to, for me, I would always like try to be aware of the time. Like I never really wanted to go over like seven minutes is like, so five to seven minutes was the main focus because like you can lose attention. Like, you know, you want to put all your main big stuff out front and center. Um, And that's what I would always emphasize. So just trying to keep it short where it's not like a coach is going to sit there for 10 minutes. Like they don't have time to do that. They got to see a lot of girls. They have a lot going on in their own schedules. So trying to keep it as short as possible, but making sure I get everything, all the skill sets that I need to and putting the main things up front and center so that it grabs their attention right away. So five to seven minutes is like the normal length, I think. Beautiful. Okay, cool. So in your sport, and and I'm, I'm figuring out in most, especially division one, sports that Mm -hmm. size means a lot right Mm -hmm. size means a lot what position do you play and and what's your height can you tell me yeah yeah I'm six three so I'm a middles are really tall I'm a very tall girl damn Um, I know I know good lord okay okay very tall um so it really varies though it's the interesting thing about volleyball because Normally, middles are the tallest people on the court. So I'm the tallest on my team, actually. And so a lot of the time, if you're in my position, they're going to look at your height. Like, it's really emphasized just because blocking is the biggest thing. Like, we got to be up there. We got to have big hands above the net. Um, Outsides can range from, like, six foot to six three, kind of that range. My people, like, I'm even considered kind of short in the middle area. If you look at some of the bigger teams, like, Damn. Um, there's girls that are like six five to six seven, and they're out there and they're they're huge and they're crazy. And 
Um, wow. So height's definitely really big for my position, but then we have like a libero who is like five foot five, like really short. They're the people in the back row that are all the defense, they're digging balls, all of that. And then setters okay. can be anywhere from five ten to six foot. So there's a wide range in volleyball, which is I think really interesting. So that's why I've always emphasized when I talk to like younger girls or like people that are interested in starting to play, like, yeah, size matters, but it's also is like, there's a position for all different sizes. And it, it really is like, there's been, I've seen outsides at the division one level that are considered undersized, mm-hmm. like five ten and or shorter. And they, they put in the work, they, they work on their jump, they work on everything else. And it's, it's rare, but like working hard and like putting in the work and showing that you can like, be up there with these tall girls and these bigger girls and you know show off your skills it it really there's a position for everyone in volleyball and you just got to put in the work which is I think so cool because it can have such a wide range of like different bodies and different kind of things throughout it so love it okay yeah what did what did what did it look like when you were um training in high school Mm -hmm. training in high school compared to how you train now at the collegiate level were you already doing some of the things um, in high school that you're doing now? Or was it like, hey, I just worked on my craft. I worked on jumping. I worked on my my sport. And then once you got into college, you know, now you're lifting weights. You're doing all these, these different things in terms of plyometrics and speed training. What did that look like for you? Yeah, I think in high school, I really started getting into like, lifting more weights and everything and working out outside of practice my freshman year. And I think that's what I noticed is like really emphasized after like you kind of get started and it's really important, but I would work out like every, like maybe three to four times a week outside of practice. Mm -hmm. But when you're in college, it's every single day. Like we work out right after practice every single day. And the thing is like, I think what, a lot of people don't know but it's like lifting is heavily emphasized at the d1 level and i'm sure at any college level it is and so that was kind of like a a little bit of a wake-up call for me when i first got here i was like oh yeah we lift every day like we are grinding every day and it's it's completely it's like big lifting and cardio and all the things and i would i would do that in high school but I hold on when you say big lifting what do you mean what's big lifting yeah, like we do Olympic lifts and we like to push our weight. So we're cleaning, we're snatching, we're squatting, we're doing all the classics. Um, but we're also volleyball, is such a fast paced, heavy jumping sport. So we do a lot of like the plyometrics, like you mentioned. So it's it's a balance for sure. It, it's different when we're in season versus off season. So we're in the off season right now. So weightlifting and getting stronger and building that muscle is really heavily emphasized because we don't really have the time to build that muscle throughout season. So in season, it's more about movement patterns and the cardio and plyometrics and making sure your body can withstand playing for that long and like longer games and everything. Because volleyball can be really long. I mean, we go best three out of five sets and it's four sets to 25, the last sets to 15. So it can really range on how long the games are going on. There can be games up to three hours and it's, you know, a long time or it can be just a few hours like here and there. So it's like, what can you like do in season to withstand these long games, withstand these long rallies and keeping your body like in shape and having all the movement patterns and everything good. So the in-season lifts versus the out-of-season lifts are very different. And it's, it's, it's really interesting going from high school to college because it's like you do this every day and you're grinding versus high school. I'm just trying to be in shape. I'm trying to, you know, withstand all of that. So it's really interesting. It's a good switch. Okay. So I'm excited. 
I'm excited because I got something cooking. Okay, I got something cooking and I need a beta group. Okay, I'm only taking 10 individuals, 10 individuals. And so number one is called the Scholarship Athlete Playbook and it's a six week course. Okay, but it's for it's for high school athletes. That's it. It's high school athletes who are looking to gain knowledge and exposure on how to take your skills. What do you need to do to put yourself out there so you can get a, a college scholarship, whether it's Division One, Division Two, whatever? This course is going to help you with developing a plan. Okay, so in the six-week course, we meet on Zoom once a week, but the online portion of it, it gives you keys on how to become a better athlete, a stronger, more explosive athlete that can move in multiple directions. It gives you information on recruiting, on exactly how to put together a quality highlight reel, and then how to reach out to coaches. Okay, this is it's not a recruiting service, nothing like that, but it helps you be proactive in the recruiting process. So I'm looking for a beta group. If you think you're a good fit, if you think this is like, yeah, this is me, no matter if you male, female, whatever sports you play, this is for you. Okay, you gotta be in high school and you have to book a call with me first. Okay, you book a call with me and then we'll see if it's a good fit. Okay, so you can book a call by just clicking on the link in the show notes. All right, back to the show. Yeah, I think one of the things that when I when I used to train my athletes was having them understand, you know, you've been a holistic athlete, you're not a bodybuilder. Right, so training, sure. so so you're training tissue quality, like mm-hmm. making sure that you got pliable muscles, making sure that you are you're working on your mobility, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and your oh, sport, yeah. whether it's your ankle, your hips, your your T spine, working on your core strength and not doing mm-hmm. it's not about doing sit-ups. Right. It's right. about being, right. so. So do you carry heavy things? Do you do like farmers carries? Do you do suitcase yeah. carries? Do you do planks and, and all that good mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah, we do. We do farmers carries a lot. We do all the core exercise. Volleyball is a very core heavy sport because a lot of the time okay. when you're swinging, you got to torque and you kind of really like use your core a lot. So we do a lot of core. Um, we do the heavy stuff, but a lot of the time it's about maintaining your body, your joints, your I mean, we're jumping every play, every ball, we're up in the air. So it's like, can you, can your body withstand that? Can your ankles withstand that? Can your knees withstand that? And that's something that I ran into a lot. I've had a lot of injuries throughout my career. And so making sure that, yes, I'm lifting these weights, I'm making sure I'm strong, but it's also like, I need to be aware of these like past things that I've been through so that I can have those movements. I can keep my mobility. I can withstand all of this. So it's really interesting to do all of it. That's, that's cool. Um, So another question that comes up is um recovery mm-hmm. like what type of recovery modalities do you do that you didn't know of like mm-hmm. when it when you were back in high school like you know I, I posted something the other day um about like cold plunges mm-hmm. you know I have a mm-hmm. I have a cold pod and yeah. man I jump in it and it's something that I used to do when I was playing I hated it but I know right. how if I didn't do that, and we used to have double days, if I didn't do that after the first practice, I would be dead. So yeah. I know some of the things, you know, that you have to do 
massages. I do cold plunge. Mm-hmm. I do um, the hot tub. Sometimes I do um, a contrast where it's hot, cold, hot, cold. Yeah. What type of things do um, do you guys implement when, when, in terms yeah. of recovery? Yeah. I mean, one thing that we really are very grateful for is um, our, our athletic trainer. She's amazing. She's really hands-on with us. So she, she kind of gives us a regimen depending on the person, which is really nice. Like for me, we have practice at 8.30, but I come in the gym at 7 a.m. every day. I warm up my knees. I warm up everything that is sore that day. I roll out. I do all these things way before practice so that I can be ready to step on the court. And we do that before games as well. And then as far as like after any kind of playing or any kind of lifting, like we're very heavily emphasized. You are on your own. You kind of do your own thing. And it's like you can pick a you can pick the contrast bath. You can pick a cold plunge. You can go see Liz, who's our trainer. You can get these treatments that you need. So it's like we have Normatex, the little leg like compression yep, yep. things. And it's like all of those things like we are very lucky to have access to. We have great facilities. So it's it's really awesome that you can kind of do your own thing and you just have to be aware of that. And that's something that I didn't really know. Like I would do PT in high school and stuff and I would never really roll out though. And it's like so crazy to look back on it because it's like, I could just step on the court and start playing in high school. But now I'm like, I have a 30 to 45 minute warm up that I do every day to make sure I'm ready. And then I have another 30 to 45 minute recovery after all of the things I've done that day. So it's like, it's so crazy to think about that, how I would just walk on the court and then I'd walk off and I go to bed and it's like, wow, like, like I'm now I, go. I, I'm doing all these things now. So it's really great because we have great resources, but it's also like you take care of yourself a little bit in a way. Yeah. So yeah. it's a good balance that we have both. And we're very grateful for that. I think that's what makes you guys elite at what you do. Mm-hmm. If you play, if you play at the division one level, if you play professionally, you are elite. And mm-hmm. I remember when my son, Elijah, he was home in the off season. You know, he's in, he's going into his fourth year. He just finished playing football mm-hmm. for the Tennessee Titans. And I remember he would, he came home after his rookie year and, um, you know, he wanted to work out. I was like, cool. We just got a little gym in the, in the garage. Yeah. And I remember going in there I say, okay, I'm going to do like a little 10 to 15 minute warm up. you know, to kind of get the, foam rolling and stuff like yeah. that. And, and so I did that and he came in there. I was ready after 15. I was like, man, I'm, I feel good. He was like, Oh, I'm going to need another 30 minutes. Dad. Yeah, uh, exactly. I was like, what, what are you talking about? man?" <laughs> so man, but that's the type of, that's the type of thing that you need to, when you start to prepare yourself at that elite level, or if you want to get to that elite level, that's what it takes. It takes time yeah. and commitment. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, I think that's like the biggest time commitment that I put in um, outside of the uh, off the court and stuff. It's like I am treating my body so that it can function how I need it to. There's no slip ups. There's no anything. It's just like I focus on that. So it's really cool. Gotcha. Um, when it comes to injuries, like I see a lot of um, women who play either basketball or volleyball, and they they and they always got ankle braces on at the high school level. Oh yeah. Why do they do that? Is there something <laughs> is something wrong? Do you guys do that at your level? Give yeah, me some insight so, on this. Yeah, for sure. So that I'm a great person to ask about that because I've had a lot of ankle injuries. So okay. the main thing in volleyball, which is kind of crazy and it's hard to kind of navigate it, is a lot of the time since we are across the net from each other, sometimes people can go under it. There can be things like that. If you're not landing properly, if your body's not built to like withstand the jumping, 
that's when your ankles can give out. You can land on someone's foot, which is the most common way of people getting ankle injuries. So I've always been a very big, big advocate for ankle braces. I wear ankle braces every day. Um, ever since my first ankle injury, I've worn ankle braces and a lot of my team, like my trainer basically emphasizes that we wear them. She highly encourages it. It's not like a forced thing. I know some teams it is, but a lot of the time, like she's like, I really want you guys to wear these just for your safety. And like with my ankle injuries, I've had some bad ones and I've had some medium ones, but like if I wasn't wearing those braces, like every time I would talk to my orthopedics or my PTs, they've been like, yeah, you could have broken your ankle. You could have broken part of your leg you could have like done other things if these weren't here so I really find them to be really helpful I think it's a common misconception that they weaken your ankles but it which is something that I've never run into a lot of my teammates that have them like like they really save us out there I think it's a big thing for volleyball to have it I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how other sports go about it but I think volleyball it's like so hard to prevent those little mishaps where people are under the net or whatever it is So it's like, what can you do to protect yourself? I think that's why ankle braces are such a big thing. And I've never had weaker ankles, like everything, all the rehab and everything I do um, really strengthens them. So then it's just, at that point, it's just stabilizing it and having it there as like a protection almost. So. Gotcha. And so you say that you, you had some, some injuries before, like what type of mindset do, do you need to have when you, you know, once you get injured, Mm-hmm. Like, I know I have had multiple surgeries on both mm-hmm. ankles, both my knees, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, you fill into, you fall into this, um, this trap. I feel sorry for myself, but, right. <laughs> but it only lasts for a short amount of time. And then it's not, right. Hey, I got to get to work. Like what type of mindset do you need to have to, to, to jump into this, um, this whole recovery, the recovery aspect and getting back to a hundred percent again? Right. I think for me, I'm a person that hates sitting out. I hate watching like from the sideline. That's like always been my thing. It just like, it gets to me. And I think when I did my first knee injury, which I tore four ligaments in my knee, everything was gone. And it was a really hard thing. I think that's when I like really went through it. Cause I've had ankle injuries before those recoveries are a few weeks. But when I tear, when I tore my knee, it was a nine month to a year recovery. And I had to get surgery. I had to do all the bells and whistles and I think that's when I kind of discovered like the whole mindset about it. Cause obviously like when I'm post-surgery first few weeks out, can't move my leg, can't do these things. I'm watching my volleyball team go play. And it's like, wow, like I'm sorry for myself, like you said, but I think what, like when I made the switch in my head being like, I'm going to come back stronger from this. This is a blip in my career. It's not going to be the end all be all. Luckily I was had really good resources and I was able to recover really well. And I had all these people by my side and that was always really helpful. But then I kind of always like, it's the worst when you like are sitting in your room alone and you're like, I can't do anything now. And so kind of taking the switch from, I'm so sad. I can't do anything now. It's I'm going to come back and I'm going to work hard to come back. I'm going to work harder than everyone else. I have, this thing going on but that doesn't define me as an athlete it's just a blip in my career I love that mindset yeah I think that's the biggest thing that got me through it because it was not easy recovering from that at all but I I did it and I'm so happy I did I'm so happy I never came like gave up and looking back on it like I it felt like yes I know it sucked but I feel like it was meant to happen to me because it made me appreciate my sport so much more and like 
gave me a whole new mindset. Like I, I like loved volleyball when I came back. Like I mm. never wanted to step off the court. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that I went through something really traumatic, but I pushed myself and I worked hard to get back from it. And I think it just made me have just so much greater appreciation for my sport. If you got some insights from this past episode, I want you to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I want you to subscribe. Number two, I want you to give me a review. It takes maybe 30 seconds. And then number three, I want you to share it. Okay? Because the more that I get you guys sharing, subscribing, and writing reviews, the more impactful guests that I can have on the show, which benefits you guys. So it's kind of like I help you, you help me, right? But also, if you are stuck, if you think you want some help, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to book a discovery call, 15 minutes. And just by clicking the link in the show notes, you can check out my schedule and we can chop it up for 10 to 15 minutes to see how I can assist you. Okay, so thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next week.